Welcome to the Church Council Podcast, where we make church law simplified. I want to help your ministry improve its legal foundation to protect the minister's ministry and mission of your church. We do this by giving you useful insight during each episode to proactively protect your church and then prepare you to respond to the unexpected events that happen along the way. I'm your host, Travis Story. I'm an attorney who specializes in church law, and I want to invite you along the journey as I pass on my years of volunteering, working, and then acting as legal counsel for the local church. Hello, welcome once again as we try to go down this uh, this path of making church law simple for you and your congregation. One of the questions that, that really does kind of lead from our discussions of bylaws and church constitution is how do we deal with the authority in your church? How do we make changes to things that are already in your bylaws? How do we add policies and procedures? How do we really secure your church so that it is built on a firm foundation uh, within your legal documents? And so one of the things that, that honestly, the, the pandemic of 2020 really brought up is there's a lot of times uh, a lag in the way churches have to make decisions. How in the world do we as a church come in and make quick decisions on some things, but slow decisions on others. How is your church set up? Do we have family meetings, business meetings? Is this something that we're led by, by elders, boards? All of those different things are great. How do we make decisions is the question that we really have to look at. And so as we're looking at how you make decisions and the authority, we have to look at why do these matter? So during the pandemic, I ran uh, into several issues while helping churches uh, really have problems because, for example, there were churches that needed to make all of these um, various decisions. What are we going to do about closing, going online, doing all these things? And, and honestly, there were churches that, that their bylaws said, you know, we are going to have a church service every Sunday. Okay, great. That became a, an impossibility. Uh, there were churches that would call me and say, what do we need to do? Because if we're going to do that, our bylaws say that we have, you know, we have to get approval. We have to have a business meeting. Well, business meetings didn't really happen uh, during those early days of the pandemic. No one had figured out how to go online. We weren't having business meetings through Zoom. We weren't doing any of those things. So we really did have a lot of problems. Uh, subsequently, there were even things like uh, the payroll protection um program, which uh, allowed churches and, and employers to actually get funding uh, from the bank, from the government. And ultimately those loans would be forgiven. But we ran into several problems where I had a large church that had uh, over a hundred, hundred actual staff members, right? Employees. And they were supposed to uh, be able to take this, this PPP benefit but one of the problems was in their actual constitution, and they they weren't uh, they weren't a church that had uh, actually incorporated. So the church constitution was their document; it was the supreme document, and it said that they have to have uh, a vote anytime they're going to take on debt. Well, the problem is they weren't able to have a business meeting. And in some of those early days, if uh, you weren't jumping on this sort of stuff, you might not have been able to get the the PPP. Uh, and so it became one of those issues where 
the the church business administrator ended up applying for it, even though that was technically outside the bylaws because they didn't have a way to get a business meeting that said they could go get this get this loan, which it was a loan. Uh, it ultimately was at that time even supposed to be forgiven. They knew it was supposed to be forgiven. So it was the question of how do we do this? How do we do it properly? And so these are the the questions of authority. What do we do? Uh, how do we make these changes? And, and really, even in looking at their particular constitution, it was, it was very unclear on how we would amend, how we would change. Uh, a lot of times there's an amendment section in your foundational document, whether that's the constitution or bylaws. Uh, and that, that document really contains something that says, okay, we have to have a vote. Uh, vote of the people, or here's how we're going to do that. All of those are fine, but we need to clarify who's got to do what. And it depends on what we're trying to change. We've we've seen that any of these changes that have to be made can be problematic if we're not trying to uh, understand who's got the authority. So when we look at who's got the authority to change what, I propose that your church adopt a three-level structure. And that three-level structure really comes in, it's the doctrinal level, it's the operational level, and it's the policy level. These are the three levels of authority your church needs to implement inside your foundational documents to make sure that you can operate your church efficiently, effectively, and to ultimately protect every member of your congregation. So when we look at the doctrinal level, This is the highest, the most important uh, things that really make up your church. This is something we want to make sure that are things like your statement of faith, your church covenant, any core beliefs. The part that really is the fundamental belief of your church is the doctrinal level. And we want this to be super hard to change. If we're going to change what the church actually believes, it's got to take a super majority type vote. It is a big deal. We want to make sure that that we are um, carefully, prayerfully considering any of these levels of changes because we're fundamentally changing the core of the church. Now, uh, I've, I've read a, another set of documents the other day, and they actually say it is impossible to change our statement of faith. They say there shall be no amendments to the statement of faith. I also think that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because we also had the Obergefell decision where the Supreme Court now redefined what marriage was. Do you know how many churches have come back and tried to change their statement of faith? Millions of churches have changed their statement of faith. So if we say, hey, you cannot amend your statement of faith, well, then we have a problem too because we can't change and clarify something that honestly we've always believed, but we can't put that in our document because if we limit it to saying, hey, we can never change our statement of faith, it means that we're also stuck with what we have. And how do we clarify things like what our church believes about marriage? Um, one of the issues coming up is what does our church think about gender? How are we going to deal with that? Um, those are hot button issues that we may have to clarify. So we have to have a way to amend the fundamental doctrinal level uh, of our church, but we need to make sure it's done very carefully, that it's done with a supermajority uh, vote with lots of notice uh, to make sure that the way your church is looking at this, that we are really taking this to heart. 
And so we do want to make sure that we can amend your statement of faith. We do want to make sure that we could um, alter the church covenants or, or the core beliefs if we need to, to add something, if we need to clarify something as we go through life. But we want to make that burden really, really high. So if, if that's where we're going, we need to make sure that those particular parts of your foundational document, your constitution, your bylaw, they're able to be amended, but it takes a lot to do it. Then we come to the operational level. So the operational level is something that really I kind of define as something that would be kind of the majority vote of the church or in a business meeting. These are the operational functions of the church. So this is kind of our mid-level of authority. We want um, to have the direction uh, that the church wants to go, but these are things that you know we need to make sure they're important because they're probably going to be something that's, for example, contained uh, in our bylaws. These might be duties of the church treasurer. These might be how we're going to function as far as something like the annual church budget. When is that going to be presented? How that's going to be done? Uh, some churches have things like limitations on expenditures, meaning if we've got a non-budgetary item, uh, something something happens. We need a new church van. We had a I don't know, a big piece of technology that uh, died and we have to spend a lot of money. Um, and that's not necessarily in the budget. That wasn't approved by the church during the annual budget meeting or, or something along those lines. And it's going to cost $15,000. You know, that, that's got to be approved. And a lot of churches have a provision like that. Um, and a lot of churches honestly have a provision like that, but it would, it would have a limitation of like, I don't know, $5,000. And that's a big amount of money if you're a little church. But what happens when your little church from 1980s is now a bigger church and you you now can run across needing to spend $5,000 uh, really easily, but that's also not a big percentage of the budget. So we need to increase that limit so that you can you can function, so that you're not having to get every little thing approved when that's not maybe that big a deal anymore. These are the operational levels of authority that we need to be able to amend. And and depending on how your church is set up, this is typically a 50% plus one uh, approval of the church body, something like that, kind of like you're going to approve the annual budget. Uh, These are, are something we need to make sure that a lot of the provisions that are contained in your bylaws are kind of subject to. These can vary church to church, kind of because we deal with different sizes. What is this going to take? If it's not a doctrinal level, if it's not a core belief of the church, but it's an operational level belief, then this is going to be something that we're not going to have to give as much notice to, for example. Um, If we're going to have a business meeting, a family meeting, uh, if our church is uh, elder-led, that's going to take just a majority of those uh, elders to do that. So, Whatever those issues are at that operational level, that's really what we're talking about here. How do we make that where it does still take, um, it's a serious, it's a serious change, but we're not having to uh, rally all the troops and make sure that everybody's fully on board like we would if it's a doctrinal level. And then here's the next level, which is the policy level of authority. And, and honestly, there are m- there are very few churches that actually contain this part. And and this is a big deal 
because this needs to be our policies and procedures. So we're not talking about the doctrinal statement of the church. We're not talking about even the operational part, mostly. What we're talking about are the day-to-day policies and procedures. How are we going to protect the church? Kind of like I said, this is one of those issues that we really had uh, during during COVID. What happens when we're going to change policies and procedures of the church? We need to put in a new uh, COVID policy, and we're going to say, hey, we're all coming back to church, but we're only going to sit every other row, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. How are we going to um, approve? Had one church, we we had to figure out how we were going to be able to take uh, online offerings during the time we went to the pandemic. Uh, there, there's a lot of these things that that are just kind of practical things that we need to be able to put in a new policy and procedure, either for some kind of safety issue. If we have a new issue with something like our children's ministry, how are we going to incorporate that? These are the policy and procedures level. So the two things that we need to make sure is, one, that we're even incorporating our policies and procedures in our foundational documents. So that's going to be an example of an operational level decision that we would need to make. So we would want to include in our bylaws or in our constitution that the church can have various policies and procedures. Most churches have some policies and procedures. But they ought to emanate their authority from your foundational document, your church constitution, your bylaws. So if you don't have that, that's actually an operational level of authority that we need to include in your foundational documents. But once we have that, we need a process for you to be able to amend or add policies and procedures. And most churches just don't have that. So when we have something something that says, hey, the church will adopt separate policies and procedures, which will be incorporated into the bylaws, and those will take a process. And that process typically looks like either the pastor, the deacons, the elders, somebody who's really being already being entrusted with the church to to help run the church on the day-to-day is going to raise the policy and procedure. It's going to go through a deliberative body who's going to review the policies and procedures and ultimately vote. But this would not necessarily have to wait or take the time to have a, a formal church meeting, a business meeting, a family meeting, something along those lines. And so this is going to be something that you're going to need because if we need to put in uh, some kind of new uh, policy or procedure, you're going to need to do that a lot of times fast. So we need to be able to do that without having to actually schedule a, a business meeting or something along those lines. So once we look at these three levels of authority, we have to decide what's going to fall where. We have to make sure that each of our paragraphs inside our bylaws or our constitution are clearly marked with what is the necessary process to amend these provisions. All of these decisions are not equal, and we need to take that into account. We need to make sure that the church understands what they're doing and that the church is the one implementing, for example, the the policies and procedures provision that allows and sets up the process for the pastor and the elders or the deacons to actually make the amendments. But we need to make sure that there is a group that can actually accomplish these tasks once that initial vote is taken. So 
what can you do if you want to implement this within your church? Well, the first step is to look at the policies and procedures you have. If you've already got policies and procedures, how do those actually get incorporated into your foundational documents? If we don't have a provision or something that already includes the policies and procedures, we need to make sure that that happens. And then second, we need to make sure that we have the three levels of authority clearly spelled out in our foundational documents. So we want to make sure that we know which parts of, let's say, your bylaws are going to take a supermajority with a lot more notice. Those would be your doctrinal levels. If it's going to be an operational level change, we need to decide what kind of authority that takes, how much notice you have to give the church, and how that's going to be decided. And then finally, inside that operational level authority, we need to include a section that clearly delineates and tells us how we're going to make and change any of the policy levels of authority. And those are going to be something that we're going to clearly communicate to everybody how those would happen. We're going to communicate how those would get disseminated to the church, uh, whether that's posting it on a website, whether that's an email. Uh, Church, we've now adopted this policy and procedure. And those could be for a variety of different things. This could be adopting a, a, a new policy uh, for your children's ministry, a uh, popular one that I, uh, I will talk about later, but I always say one of the best policies to both increase the number of uh, workers you can have in your kids' ministry and also is good for your kids is to make the rule that that uh, dads, males, don't change diapers in the kids' ministry. And you know what? All the guys who work in the kids' ministry say amen, and they will come and they will help you because they know they don't have to change diapers. So that would be an example of something for kids protection that we could adopt that policy that would be maybe brought by the pastor, brought to uh, the elders, the deacons, however your church is structured already. They would then review that. They would make any changes and ultimately they would vote and they would adopt that policy. Once that policy is in place, it is then incorporated through the provision in your constitution or bylaws and it becomes uh, an effective policy and procedure of the church. So once that's done, then we want to make sure that there is a process if some of those need to be amended further. And all of those can be spelled out inside your bylaws. So when we look at these types of authority, these type of decisions, the goal and the point is to make sure that your church is set up to accomplish any of these things which we don't necessarily see coming forward right now. Just like churches didn't understand all of the consequences of the pandemic and what that meant for the local church, we want to make sure that we have all of these set up so if we need to put in place a quick policy or procedure dealing with something like that in the future, that we're already ready for it. And once we've done that, we know that our church is more secure, that our foundation is firm, and that allows you to effectively continue to build your ministry from a safe position. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this Levels of Authority has been helpful, and I hope that you're able to put that in place. If you've got further questions, please check us out on churchcouncil.com. And and always check back to this podcast. Uh, I know we're talking a lot about bylaws, a lot about policies and procedures, and hopefully that gives you the confidence to continue to build your church effectively and efficiently 
so that your ministry can be strong and thrive, even in the midst of uncertain times. Thank you so much for listening to the Church Council Podcast, your trusted source as related to church law. I've been your host, Travis Story, and I truly hope that the practical takeaways from today is something that will bless and protect your church. If you need more information, visit us at churchcouncil.com. We can provide you additional information and assistance if your church is in need of legal counsel. Also, if you found today's podcast worthy of your time, please review it on your podcast platform of choice and also subscribe so that you receive future notifications about each and every episode as we release them. Until next time, keep serving and protecting your ministry.